Hello and welcome to the German New Medicine Stories podcast. May listening bring liberation and lightness to your healing journey. Please note that nothing that I or any of my guests say here is or should be misinterpreted as medical information or medical advice. These are personal stories, not prescriptions. Um, so today I have another interview with someone who has known Germany medicine for a very long time. Um, and Teresa starts by sharing the story of several heart attacks um, that she actually managed at home without any intervention um, because of what she knew about the five biological laws and um, and the special biological program that she was running. And, um, you know, I just think this is a fascinating story. I mean, for so many reasons, but, you know, for one, that there's likely, um, you know, a lot more things that can be managed at home than than we know <laughs> um than we are used to you know thinking um can be managed outside of the medical system um you know of course with with in-depth uh understanding of of german new medicine um and also that like we actually really have no idea um what symptoms uh, would be like without fear, really, for most of us. And that, um, you know, perhaps how much safer the healing process, the healing phase of our special biological programs um, can be without the fear. Like, we don't really understand, um, you know, as a culture at this point in time, like how much fear adds to the pain, to the intensity, and to the you know, threat of, um, of a really, in, you know, um, serious healing phase. Um, and so, yeah, we start with the heart attack story and she also shares about, um, the brain scan that she got. So, you know, in Germany medicine, um, the brain scan is like, you know, the ultimate diagnostic tool. Someone who is skilled at reading brain scans, um, can, can look at a brain scan and, and see exactly, um, you know, what symptoms, someone has experienced throughout their entire life what they're currently experiencing um and yeah it's just it's just neat to talk with someone who's actually you know had a brain scan done and read uh through the lens of german new medicine um and she also shares the story of a friend who resolved a strawberry allergy and sort of the whole process of of unwinding that allergy um and then she uh also talks about her uh frozen shoulders after a divorce um so yeah, really um, just cool stories. Yeah, 2007. Okay. It was 2007. And I was, um, I was invited by a client. I was doing some feng shui for a client in Vancouver. And she asked me if um, I would take a look at her health area in her home because she had just been diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm. And, and uh, it, she was right-handed. It was on her partner's side. Uh, she had a lump and she was going to go for conventional treatment. She'd been seeing a doctor and she heard vis-a-vis -vis that there was a woman in Vancouver by the name of Carolyn Markelin mm -hmm. who was offering courses and lectures on, on cancers. And so she asked me, my client asked me if I would attend the, the, um, the meeting with her one evening. So I accompanied, I accompanied her to the meeting. And it was at that point that Carolyn, Carolina was describing 
the cancer and the five mm -hmm. biological laws and how they move through the two phases and where there's cell loss and where there's cell proliferation and the difference between old brain and new brain and old cell formation styles and new brain formation styles as we went through our conflicts. So I was, I was hooked. I just thought <laughs> it was the most amazing thing I'd ever heard because my mother had cancer her whole life. Mm. She was fighting cancer and huh. was prepared to fight this cancer and survive. And once we spoke to Carolina, of course, there was no need to fight anything. Mm. matter of understanding what the conflict was how it was operating in the body what the conflict active phase was going to be in terms of cell proliferation to deal with her nest worry um, and then how it was going to unwind once she'd resolved her conflict so um, I called a friend of mine and asked her to come over and take a look at the books because I bought them from Dr. Hammer um, mm. from, uh, actually from Ilsador Laker in Canada um, I had bought the books and the charts and everything. So I invited my friend over to take a look at it because she was German. I think you know her. Um, and she was fascinated with the books. And after that, she met someone else who had heard of German New Medicine and then someone else. So it was a, you know, a mm -hmm. of, you know, synchronicities drawing us mm -hmm. to her. And then she ended up, because she spoke German, she ended up calling Carolina, and Carolina mentioned that she was going to start offering classes in Vancouver. So mm -hmm. we signed up, and we took our first course with Carolina, um, and then Carolina moved to Austria, so Annalie Elman took over her, her work mm -hmm. training, and I trained with her for four years. I just kept going back mm -hmm. to learn the course over and over, so... Um, this was in 2007, so it's been, you know, 15, 16, 17 years now. What are we at? Mm -hmm. 2023. So um, I was training for face reading. I was always, I was already training in the States for, um, for Nine Star Key and, um, and Feng Shui. So I was doing a bunch of things. I took on a lot of programs at the same time. So it was in and out of German New Medicine, but having learned it once thoroughly through um, the first four years, um, I always had it as a, a backup. Even if I couldn't completely understand or remember exactly what the programs were, I did have some notes I could go back to um, to check because of my my training with with Annalie. But there was nothing. Mm -hmm. There was nothing for us other than Dr. Hammer's work. So we were starved for anything in English. Yeah. When Carolina finally went back to Austria and and put her amazing website together, learningjournal.com, yeah. we suddenly had a resource that we could reference if anyone had a question. So you don't have to remember everything. You cannot. But no. once you know the five biological laws and the basics, yeah. then you always can look something up and then you can quickly fall into the, the um, you know, the vernacular is very specific. and. Mm -hmm. Complicated for for newcomers, but once you learn it, it's really easy to navigate her site and and some of the other mm -hmm. that's come out since. So, um, yeah, so um, that was my introduction to German New Medicine, and I've been hooked since. It hasn't been easy. I have mm -hmm. a lot of friends who are conventional doctors and lawyers and and institutionally trained intellectuals and professionals. So it's a real hard. It's a real hard sell for people like that to completely flip their brain around. Luckily, I had no business that I had to maintain um, 
because I, it wasn't it wasn't uh, you know anything contentious in my industry where I worked. So um, it was much easier for me to absorb the work and then use it. Whereas um, a lot of my friends and and peers really struggled with it as much as mm -hmm. it seemed to make sense in many cases. They just couldn't mm -hmm. get flipped the 180 degrees <laughs> to know that there's nothing totally. wrong with you. You're just conflict active. You've had a DHS and you're going to resolve it and then and then go through the healing, which is often uncomfortable. So um, it's, it's been great. Speaking of uncomfortable, maybe we could start with the first story, which is a sure. big one, like heart attacks is a yeah. very scary thing for pretty much everybody. Yeah, yeah, it can it be. It sounds like you've had multiple. <laughs> I've had a, I've had about four, yes. Uh -huh. So, uh, and maybe more because sometimes they're so slight and they're usually when, when you're in a vagatonic or deep sleep or relaxed state that the resolution um, uh, goes into healing. So um, most people don't even notice they have a heart attack because they're often in the dead of sleep. I mean, I had one where I sort of woke up and felt something, but it was over before I knew it. So um, it's not as, as dramatic as the, the conventional medicine will make it out to be. Um, so in my case, um, my first major one, the one that I I really noticed I'd had a couple where I woke up in the night with cramping and, you know, maybe some tightness in my jaw. I just breathe. Um, once we study German new medicine, we, we suspect if we do feel any cramping, it's a good idea to get some ice or put an ice pack on your right temporal lobe, just in case it is a coronary artery, because the brain edema, if it's intense, can be very strong and can be quite dangerous. You can die. So it's always good to have ice packs on hand, um, but uh, I, I really hadn't ever bothered with them until this particular one, and I wasn't sure what kind of a heart attack I was having. Did you think you were having heart attacks? Like when you woke up in the night, were you aware that that was what was happening and it was just you understood the the biological program so you were at peace yeah absolutely so i just would go i just have a sip of water probably maybe cough a bit because sometimes with a myocardial there's a little bit of a lung edema uh, as well it affects the lungs you're breathing so i'd have a little glass of you know sip of water and then i just lay down breathe myself back into out of tachycardia and into more of a, a normal heart rate and then just go to sleep again and um, my partner was lying next to me. I didn't bother him um, because I knew what was happening and I just, you know, went through it, went back to sleep, no yeah. panic. So ordinary. the beauty of this work is that you just don't panic. So mm -hmm. um, especially with a heart attack, because there's so much, you know, material out there that says you should, you know, high blood pressure and, and what else do they say? Cholesterol. These are myths, but they say that high blood pressure and cholesterol do contribute mm -hmm. to heart attacks. They don't, they might attend, the event but they don't cause them so and did you know right away what the conflict had been like what the dhs was yes you know what i do now is i have a journal and i've given them out to my friends who study gnm as well and if there's any event that you know is going to be a dhs or might likely be a dhs i'll put it in my in my in my journal i'll date it and i'll explain I'll describe the situation. And then I wait a few days to see what happens once I resolve it. So as I said, I had another heart attack this week. My boyfriend and I had a very serious discussion. His daughter is a doctor and his other doctor daughter is a lawyer. So they're very well informed on the other side of conventional you know, medicine and protocol mm -hmm. vaccinations and, and, and other preventative measures. 
for certain diseases. So um, I was uh, arguing with him and we actually got quite heated and I ended up walking home. And um, and uh, it was a couple of days before we reconciled. And then when we reconciled, I woke up in the night having another heart attack. Mm -hmm. Basically, I thought I was, you know, something was happening in my chest. So I woke up and uh, it was at 4.59 in the morning. Um, most epicrises happen around 4 a.m., right? Um, that's just when we're in our deepest sleep, apparently, and that's when a lot of people have their attacks, and it's a lot of times when people expire. So um, I didn't. I just woke up, checked the clock. It was 4.59, took a sip of water, went back to sleep, and went, well, that was a short, quick, little myocardial program I just ah. ran. And it was left, right? Because you can tell the difference between a left and right by the symptoms prior to and after. So that gets complicated. We don't need to get into that, but I can tell which one I'm having. And when I was, um, I think in 2019, I was, I was, uh, my partner was very, very strong male um, personality and an expert on everything and um, didn't have much patience for German new medicine. Um, he'd of course go online and check out the, um, the websites um, on Dr. Hammer and his history. And uh, you know, he had opinions about that and therefore the work that I practiced and, and studied. So we would argue and we would argue and we would argue. And um, so we'd been arguing quite a bit. It was right as COVID was coming into um, being. And uh, we had argued quite a bit. He had been diagnosed with a cancer and he was, you know, he was going through treatment, which I didn't really approve of. It wasn't necessary and it was invasive. So we were arguing about that. Um, I was also finishing a project over um, at a, a client's summer place up the up house out, or up um, Sunshine Coast. And it was very intense. I had deadlines. I was also renovating my home here doing the kitchens and the bathrooms and the yard and a bunch of things. I was traveling. I run a bit of a kidney collecting tubule program and we were traveling to, to Egypt. Um, and uh, I was you know, nervous a little bit about traveling as well. So there was a lot on my plate and my children had moved over and had a baby and they wanted me to babysit quite a bit. And uh, I was running all day long really at a, at a gallop. 24 seven. And, um, you know, I'm in my mid sixties. So this is, this is, uh, this was a lot for me. I used to be able to do pretty much anything multitask and do pretty much anything and all kinds of things at once. Not so much these days. Mm -hmm. So I found and my, can you speak to what the conflict is and then people will kind of understand. Yeah. The conflict is completely overwhelmed, completely overwhelmed. And I had probably four completely overwhelmed situations, which were all compounding uh, right at that time, right within that week. And so I did resolve all of the conflicts. I finished with the legal procedure. I finished with the, 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 the construction project and the install at, at the, um, the job I was doing on the island. And I resolved um, the conflict with my boyfriend. We did make up um, and agreed to disagree and just not talk about things. Um, my kids, I said, I'm a, a granny, not a nanny. <laughs> so we, we had a little bit of a, a, a rest on that. And so um, I was asleep. I woke up and I felt stabbing pain in my heart. I was short of breath. I was cold. Um, 
chills sweating. Uh, my heart was racing. I got up out of bed. I didn't bother my partner. I went downstairs to the kitchen, down the stairs, walked across the floor, uh, pulled the ice out of the fridge, the ice pack out of the fridge. And then I walked over to the sink to turn on the water and I dropped to the floor. I completely collapsed because in a, in a left myocardial, uh, which pumps blood to the extremities, um, when it collapses, which it does, a myocardial program is run by two things. It's run by the heart muscle itself, which, is, which has been ulcerating and weakening. And it's also run by the, the motor cortex, which is the, the charge that keeps the heart going. So both things basically collapsed on me and I dropped to the floor, uh, hit my head on the side of the dishwasher, um, handle and um, my my partner came running downstairs because he heard the crash and at that point I was just coming to so I probably had only been out a minute or two and uh, and then I was fine so I went to bed and I put ice on my right just in case there was another heart attack of some kind uh, resolving just to be sure the edema was not going to be extreme there and went back to sleep uh, got up the next day, went about my business, went into Vancouver, celebrated my birthday, had a massage with my sister, got on a plane and went to Palm Springs. And when I got down there, I was suddenly just wobbly, wobbly, wobbly. I didn't know I never feel poorly. I never feel poorly. I don't get really sick and I've never felt poorly, but I had this weird wobble thing going on. So I went to Eisenhower Hospital and because I'd never had any preconditions, I was good to fly. Um, there was no charge. I had travel insurance and there was no cost to me. So $42,000 later, I had every test, including a CAT scan. I said, can I have one of those? Because I never <laughs> had one before. And um, it was amazing because they said, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing, your heart's perfect, your lungs are perfect, your blood's perfect, everything's perfect. And it had been about a week since I'd had my heart attack. So none of the enzymes were there, none of the blood levels were showing anything. I was completely back to normal. And I had every test imaginable at one of the best hospitals in the US um, examine me. So I had a clean bill of health, which was comforting. And I got a CAT scan, which I ended up sending to a guy in Austria who read it. And can you speak to that? Because we actually haven't um, talked yet on the podcast about sort of brain scans and, and right. right. Okay. Yeah. So when Dr. Hammer um, began his work, he started doing brain scans and the brain scan shows all the different parts of the brain, all the different relays of the brain in the different sections of the brain, which relate to different conflicts. And some areas of the brain will have cell plus, you know, um, proliferation of cells in the conflict active phase. And then when you resolve, those break down. Other ones will have uh, ulceration of the cells in the conflict active phase. And then when you resolve the conflict, they rebuild and refill and replenish and make you stronger in the end. That's the biological purpose. And then there's the diencephalon, which runs functional change. So you might have diabetes or you might have paralysis or something, which is a functional change in the way that organ will function, but there's not a cell change. There's not a cell loss or cell proliferation at all. It's just functional. So that, so that is what Dr. Hammer discovered. And then when he started doing brain scans and slicing in visually into these different layers of the brain and different relays of the brain, he would notice little rings, little concentric ring formations that were sitting on 
all of the different relays. And he recognized that each one of these pertained to a very specific uh, brain relay and a very specific DHS conflict shock. So he was able to put those together and figure out what stage you were at. So when they looked at my brain scan, they could see old fuzzy ones from my childhood and my teens. And they would describe the different conflicts that I'd had, never having met me, never seen, never having seen. And did it match your experience of symptoms? Of course. And there was a surprise one in there because I'd always thought my lower back pain had something to do with mechanical, uh, like lifting too much or bending too much or whatever, but they actually saw it. And that's how you can tell the difference between whether something's mechanical, whether yeah. you've poisoned or whether you've eaten something wrong or you know something's dropped on your arm and therefore it's broken right um then we know it's not a, a bone program you're running it's actually an accident that you had so um it was fascinating to see that my lower back pain was actually a dhs which mm -hmm. means you know dhs is you know there's there's different programs running in the spine at different at different vertebrae each one is a different story so my lower back indicated that I had been worried about not feeling supported, not feeling like someone had my back, or that I was concerned about finances, you know, when I was young, and, and I sang for a living. So it was, a, it was not your traditional job. So there was always, you know, looking for work, and there was always wondering what was coming, especially when disco hit. So there was very much um, uh, a shock for me, um, and a surprise that that was a DHS and not uh -huh. a a mechanical thing as I thought it was so so that was that was revealing and um and the other conflicts which showed up and what he saw were three rings of fairly recent heart attacks one was right one was left and there was another one that had not been resolved yet that was still in active formation and it was clear and defined so that was pretty fascinating so I knew I was still conflict active with a um a conflict that was in overwhelm. I was still in overwhelm because I was still with this partner. I was still working. I was still dealing with grandchildren. I was still dealing with the renovations. So I had yet to resolve this conflict and I had yet to have the mini heart attack, which I did have subsequent to the scan being read. So um, if anyone can ever get a brain scan without the dye, right? Without the contrast dye, the contrast dye can be damaging um, and hard on your body. But if you can get a, a brain scan without a contrast dye and see exactly which uh, conflicts you've had, my boyfriend's doctor, you know, um, doctor daughter said to me, she looked up Dr. Hammer's word. She said, tell me about the, the Homer, the, the Hammer foci. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I, she said, is that nonsense or what? She said, is that artifact or what? Because that's what they were suspecting when they, when they interviewed Dr. Hammer. And I said, well, I said, um, no. She said, how do you know? I said, because I've had a brain scan. Mm -hmm. And I said, the brain scan listed all the things that I'd had from the time I was small until current time. And uh, she's looked at me. So um, she has a, a minor degree in, in virology. So um, we have differing opinions and our conversations are light. Um, but yeah. You, would you mind just speaking to your experience? I mean, it's just so unique, right? And having this many years of, of um, 
like being being so rooted in the five biological laws, but your like the thoughts that are going through your head in the moment that you're experiencing a heart attack, which for most people is like, oh my God, mm-hmm. am I about to die? I need to go to the hospital. I'm not okay. And I'm just curious, like, does that even come up for you at all? Or are you so just like, I know what's going on. The thought doesn't even cross your mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious what, what it's like to be in your head in those moments. Yeah, well, I, I know what's going on um, and it doesn't alarm me. Um, I mean, there is a potential that if I have enough heart attacks in my life, that my heart, because the myocardial program, the muscle is always stronger in the end and you can end up with a very enlarged heart because the muscle keeps getting bigger and stronger. You can also run programs with the, um, with the, the, um, the uh, um, what's it called? The, the valve in that as the muscles are, are, are growing, the valve could become misshapen and then start to leak, in which case valve replacements are required. So there are these potentials with each heart attack that I would, I would have. And, um, and it's also true that if the conflict load had been large enough, a heart attack can also kill you. Like, even if you yeah, know. Of course, of course it could, of course. Yeah. It could. But in a myocardial program, you don't really, I mean, other than being short of breath and a little weak, which, you know, you are, but you don't really notice that unless you know what to look for. Um, There aren't really any symptoms in the conflict active phase other than those two. Whereas if you're having a coronary heart attack um, or a a coronary artery or a coronary vessel heart attack, you do get angina cramping um, angina pectoris in the conflict active phase. And that's the one that's most likely to be fatal. You'll have a lung embolism or a heart attack in the healing if it goes for longer than nine months and it's intense. So we always recommend if you have had, um, and this is where you have to be very careful in German medicine, not to resolve everything, all of your territorial conflicts, because if you do and you've had um, angina for a long period of time, more than nine months, when you do resolve that conflict, it, it, it will likely be fatal. So mm-hmm. it's, it's recommended to downgrade the conflict, but not to resolve it entirely. And Dr. Hammer had some interesting interviews about um, how to advise people who were past the safe zone. Now, over time, and if you're constellated, this gets complicated, but the the the, the load will fall off. It halves, it it, 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 it it reduces by half every 10 years if you're in constellation. But then if you resolve one of those conflicts, you could actually have a heart attack again. So you have to be quite careful and you need an expert to help you navigate um, if you've had angina for nine months or longer. But aside from that, um, a one-off heart attack, you know, in a, in a myocardial, not successive ones, but a one-off one is usually, you know, helping to make the muscle stronger in the end to help you cope with future overwhelms, future situations that are overwhelming. And mm-hmm. so the biological purpose, which is a happy ending, is to give you a stronger heart. Congratulations. So providing you don't have relapses and recurrences, So I moved to Vancouver Island. I left my busy life in West Vancouver and a lot of situations there that were demanding. And uh, I live a a fairly relaxing life here now um, doing the things I love. So uh, pressure's off and um, chances are, unless I get myself riled up again, you know, talking about GNM with people who don't appreciate the wisdom of it um, or aren't ready for it yet or are just learning it, I have to watch my response to them. 
I can I'm guessing, can you notice now when you get in that state of of overwhelm like do you notice the repeating thoughts and oh yeah yes because I I can feel my my heart muscle and my lungs tightening up with the the scare fright because I also run run a lung program bronchial um, mucosa program quite a bit I have since I was small so um, I had scare frights when I was a kid and territorial fears running so I probably even run a constellation on that which is a bit of paranoia um, there are some frontal fear things that I still deal with so I just change my mind I watch my thoughts I pay attention to how much I focus on some of these negative stresses and allow them to impact on me. So I tend to try to associate with people who agree with my perspective as opposed to taking on people that, that put me into confrontative kinds of conversations. And that's difficult these days with all of the information that's out there with us having a different point of view in Germany medicine. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's just, yeah, it's such a powerful story, like something that's not, um, and, and not at all to diminish, you know, what it like, there's, you know, to compare different programs, but like, let's say eczema versus a heart, like just the, the kind of conditioning that we have in the culture around yeah. different symptoms. And, um, yeah, just so, so neat to consider that there is a, a way of living in it and, um, information that you can know where you can experience a heart attack and and just and just be with it and it's all good and everything's fine and I'm going back to bed let it pass yes and it is the vital organs that we need to be more conscious of because you know when we get vital organs involved in DHSs there is you know lots of opportunity for dangerous situations so knowing all of that we know which situations if we're so inclined to stress around certain things and be conflict active around certain things to avoid those things mm -hmm. or to limit our exposure to them or change our perspective as to how we're going to perceive the conflict, how we're going to react to it so that it doesn't affect us quite so intensely. So the other one I wanted to share with you um, is uh, a story of a, a, a friend of mine who has studied, started studying Germany medicine with me last year. And she had had a 35 year long, not quite anaphylactic, but very extreme strawberry allergy. So when she started to study Germany medicine and she realized that there is no such thing as an allergy to an item or a, 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 um, a food, or an airborne particle, or, mm. or a drink, or any other thing that you can ingest, inhale, touch, whatever. Uh, once she understood that, she realized that she didn't need to have her strawberry allergy anymore. And she said, can you help me with that? And I said, well, sure, I said, but I, I think the premise is that you really must believe that your psyche is causing this, that you're just running tracks and triggers around your strawberry avoidance and 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 if you if you believe that you can't have an allergy to strawberries then you won't and she said well how do we do this and i said well let's let's start i said go out and buy a box of strawberries uh -huh. and with a lid i said with, you know this a lid and i said and put them in the fridge i said don't touch them just put them in the fridge 
And I said, open the fridge door and look at them and say to them, strawberries, thank you very much for the warning all these years, <laughs> but I don't need you to give me a warning any longer. Mm -hmm. And then the next day I said, I said, you know, the next day, open the fridge again. And I said, take the lid off and look at them and tell them the same thing. And then the next day, open the fridge, take them out, take the lid off, pick one up, put it back in, put it in the fridge. And then the next day, pick it up, sniff it. The next day, pick it up, lick it. The next day, pick it up, you know, bite it, spit it out. The next day, bite it, sit it in your mouth for a while. Make sure you're still telling it that you don't need it anymore. And there's no reason for it to be reacting in your body any longer. Yeah. And, then, and then the next day I said, pick up the strawberry, put it in your mouth, chew it and swallow it and say, thank you. I think we're done. So she did that. And it's been three months. She is having strawberries for breakfast. She's having strawberries in her smoothies. She's having strawberries. She used to be able to, um, in order to avoid them, she would have to read all the packaging of, of products, dried things and chocolate bars and candy bars and things like that and, and snack bars um, to make sure there was no strawberry in there. Now she eats anything. She doesn't have to worry about it anymore. And so she is now advocating ev to everyone that they have to study German new medicine because everyone that thinks they have a wheat allergy or uh -huh. thinks they have a, a pollen allergy or thinks that they have, um, I don't know, you name it, a dairy. Well, this is an, it's an interesting example because it's this, from what you, sh what you shared anyways, it doesn't sound like she was delving into her past to find what the, sh what the conflict shock was in relationship with the strawberry. She just went right to the now moment in relation to the strawberry. She actually realized before we did this exercise okay. what, what the conflict was. Okay. She was married to a fellow whose mother told him when he proposed to my friend that he was marrying beneath him. And one day after they were married, the mother lived in another city. She came to stay with them. And my friend was sitting at the breakfast table. She had a bowl of strawberries in front of her. And her mother-in-law said something pretty offensive to her, quite derogatory. Mm -hmm. And from that moment forth, she couldn't, she couldn't abide having a strawberry. Right. Because the brain associated that now as, as like a, a warning System. That's right. Yeah. There's a little almond-shaped organ in the back of the brainstem called the amygdala, and it records through all of your five senses, everything and anything, any sound, any visual, any smell, anything um, kinesthetic, anything you're touching. It records everything that was in the room the moment of your DHS, of your trauma, so that in the future, if any of those smells, sounds, tastes, foods are present, an alarm goes off and you'll have a reaction to that food. And once you resolve that in your psyche, then you are no longer subject to, prone to that reaction mm -hmm. and you're free of the allergy. So the allergy is really just a warning 
Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, the last time you ate a strawberry, there was something horrible happening. It's like a truck on the on the mm-hmm. road coming towards you. It's 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 an it's a warning signal. It's a it's a yeah. it's an alarm. Yeah. So um, once she realized that her mother-in-law was the conflict, and she realized that her mother-in-law is now passed away, and she's not married to the man. So you realize that that it can't get you anymore, and it can't affect you anymore, then your psyche is prepared to deal with the resolution and, and the elimination of the allergy. So it was, uh, it was, it was fantastic for her. She's, she's (laughs) not only because she can now eat strawberries, because she always liked them, but because this was such a succinct story. Mm -hmm such a succinct example of of what the psyche can do um, mm-hmm. for you totally oh cool thank you for sharing that one mm. um and then you had mentioned one more about frozen frozen shoulders yes yes well when i was um 45 um i left my husband he had uh, a situation and i left my husband and i had two children at the time and I had seen them through a couple of their friends' divorces. And I think I remember saying to them, that will never happen to us because mm-hmm. I believe in marriage and commitment and an mm-hmm. honoring of that, that commitment. So I didn't really see it coming. Mm-hmm. But it, and so when I left... I had self-devaluation in relationship to relationship and I'm a right-handed female. Which is the shoulders for, for interesting. If people are seeing you on, on the podcast. That's right. Okay. Yeah. At, um, shoulders, the self-devaluation is specifically like, I'm a bad ex. Yeah. I'm a bad, wife. I'm a bad mother. So um, because my children, um, my husband ended up seeming to agree with the situation, but then sort of subversively turned my children against me and set up some scenarios that were pretty difficult for all of us. And because I'd been the one to initiate the the breakup, um, I am sensitive emotionally. And I took this again on another Mm -hmm. self-devaluation, their self-devaluation program. So when I resolved with my children, this shoulder froze it actually collapsed right in on itself. And the doctor said, well, you're going to have to have surgery because it's basically so set into the socket that we don't think we can ever get that out naturally. And I said, well, I'm not going for surgery. I'm going to rip it out. So it took me three years to rip it out. And it was excruciating, but I did it every morning and every night for about an hour and a half every morning. It was my own physiotherapy. And I pulled this one out only to be faced with the next one then going into healing. So the one on my partner's side went into healing because we had resolved some of the things with our our breakup and arranged some of the the situation much more to our satisfaction. So there was a resolution there. So my kids forgave me, my husband and I reconciled. Life went on, but of course the healing program um, we know it's self you know, cell ulceration in the conflict active phase and healing, filling and re- replenishing in the 
in the um, in the in the healing phase. So stronger in the end, but I had to pull that shoulder out again. So this was three years. That was three years. It was excruciating. But uh, when I went to my physiotherapist, he called in his his partner and said, "Oh my gosh, look, she's done this <laughs> on her own. Very painful, but it can be done." Um, a lot of people opt for surgery, but then you lose your range of motion. And I didn't want that. So he, he said, you can do this, but uh, he said, it's going to be difficult. So, so that was the other program um, that I ran for about six years, three and three, one side, and then the mm -hmm. other shoulder, and then my partner's side. So it's just um, such a different thing. Like when you know why it's happening and you know, why did this, why, why this one at this time and why the other one at this time. And like, you could you understood the biological programs and the resolution and like it just I think you have such a different relationship to the symptom when it doesn't feel like totally random yeah, yeah. And, and knowing whether you're left or right-handed and I was actually conflicted as to whether I was right or left-handed because mm -hmm. we had been taught that whichever hand comes comes up on top when you clap is your dominant hand and I just left it at that I hadn't done some of the other tests and so, you know, later on, I decided I would, I would use the nail file test. So when you pick up a nail file and you start to file, which one are you holding it in? That's probably your dominant hand. And then when you go to file the other hand, when you hold it in your, like when I hold it in my left hand and I start to file, I don't file with my left hand. I just hold it still and I move my right hand into the left hand, which is stationary. So there are some other um, ways of telling whether you're left or right-handed, but once you get into temporal lobe um, programs and constellations and things, and we start looking at constellations and res resolving mm -hmm. the, the different conflicts as things go left and right on the temporal lobe, it's really important to know your gender, your laterality and your hormone status. Um, so knowing whether you're left or right-handed is, is, is pretty, pretty important when you're mm -hmm. looking at breast cancers and you have two organs, you know, or you have a, a right myocardial or a left myocardial. Of course, I ran a left myocardial and because I'm right-handed mm -hmm. and because there's a 180 twist degree twist in the heart's um, valves when, when it made room for the, the lungs in our development and, you know, this is the way we evolve. Um, it's an evolutionary thing. So once those those two heart valves twist, that means that my partner side is not on my right for a right-handed female. My partner side is on my left. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit of a complicated twist, so to speak, mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to knowing which mm -hmm. myocardial program you're running in relation to whom. Oh, thank you so much. Do you have anything else you want to share to finish? I just think it's wonderful that you're mm. in these, these sessions with people on German New Medicine, because the more we can watch yeah. case studies, the more we can, we can embrace the work and apply mm -hmm. it in our lives. Thank you for listening. Um, if you want to reach out to Teresa, I'm going to put her website in the show notes. Um, she's totally open to uh, connecting with people and, um, yeah, as always, you can reach out to me at Freya Kellett on Instagram, and you can join um, my email list um, by the link in the show notes.